camera. Action. Welcome back to Screen to Page. As always, I am Peter Burge with my co-host, Dr. Tiffany Israel. Hello. Today we are diving into a more modern film, Jojo Rabbit, book Caging Skies. I will, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I, I personally recommend the movie um, as one of my favorites. Uh, came out in 2019, written, directed, produced, and starring Taika Waititi. Um, also uh, featuring Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell. This movie receives an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 94% from the audience. Um, yeah. Winner of uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, nominated for Best Picture, Supporting Role Actress for ScarJo. I think she was robbed in that year. I think she should have won for Supporting Actress. And side note, I think she should have also won for Leading Role of a Female for Marriage Story. Um Oh, also Costumes was nominated because the costume was great. Um, so uh, the story of the movie is very different from the story of the book, um, which is why I really wanted to do this one. Um, it's about a young boy who's a Nazi fanatic, you know, part of the Nazi youth. Uh, his mother is a part of the resistance, secretly hiding a Jewish girl in the wall. Um, he comes to find her. And starts really confusing everything because he falls in love with her. Um, that's basically the first half of the book. Yeah. <laughs> the book uh, takes a different turn. And, and we were actually talking before we hopped on about how Watiti uh, said that he only read the first half before he started writing the screenplay. Um, and I, I think we're, I mean, we're jumping the gun, but venture to say that you only need to read the first half um the second half just goes into him impersonating um, yeah the young it's really weird and, um, and it gets a little strange i don't think he i uh from what i read i believe i read sim the similar interview that you read which uh, the person who was interviewing him mentioned like when they were talking it's that he did not even finish the book like, he only read the first half and wrote the movie, and, like, they're like, he probably never even finished it. Um, because, yeah, the second half is... Because I loved the first half. I read the first half of this book in, like, two days. And it's, like, 160 pages. Like, pound... I mean, I don't know how fast everyone else reads, but I fucking pounded this shit down. I loved it. And then we started doing Queen's Gambit, so I put it on the back burner. But the second half was just so hard to get into that I finished the last three chapters... This morning. Five minutes ago. Yeah, literally before I drove here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, um, it drags on a little bit, but let's, I mean, there's a lot of different discrepancies uh, between the, the film and the book. Uh, what we're, we're referring to now is just the fact that in the, in the film, the war ends, and then shortly after, Jojo, um, main character, uh, title character, does say that it didn't end to, to Elsa, the Jewish girl that was in the wall. But then he she, he kind of comes back, tells her to come outside, um, and they see that the war ends and they dance, and it's like, it's this really good moment. Um, in the book, however, 
that moment doesn't happen. Um, the war ends, and he just creates this elaborate lie for the second half of the book where he keeps her locked up, um, ends up eventually moving her from... The, in a crate. Home. Yes, um, in the trunk. Yeah, um, of a taxi. To, into a, a new place. They, they drop her on the floor, whoever's carrying it, because, you know, he has his, his, he's a little deformed after his injury in Hitler Youth. Um, and he basically just keeps her imprisoned for. Well, in the book, it's not the same. In the book, he it's his, it's in a war. It's like in an explosion. Yes. It's not the Hitler Youth, yeah, like in the yeah. In the well, yeah. Let's uh, before we jump ahead, we'll uh, let's start with the first half of the book <laughs> and the movie. Um, so, I love this film. Um, you know, he has and what Taika Waititi does is he really takes just a few components of this book and created a film um, and added so much more depth to some of these characters, like uh, the mother. The mother's way different. Scarlett Johansson is amazing in this film. She's bright, fun, um, and Jojo is obsessed with Hitler. He's obsessed. He wants Hitler to be his best friend. Hitler is his imaginary best friend, which is also, that's Taika Waititi. And... There are so many things that are just, it's, it's such a dark comedy, but you, it's really written, I mean, Taika Waititi is Jewish, you know, um, he wrote this as a big fuck you to Hitler, and I have a quote here where they said, uh, you know, like about you being Jewish, he says, the answer is simple, what a better fuck you to the guy, uh, and uh, in when they show Hitler at the end with his head blown the bullet goes in the right side and the explosion comes out the left. Someone points out to him like, well, Hitler was left-handed. Don't you think he would have held the gun with his left hand? And he goes, I did no research on that fucking cunt. Not worth it. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just so elaborate. Like, I don't know. It was uh, and when they um, when you when they get the nickname of Jojo Rabbit and they're in uh, he's, you know, struggling. Jojo wants to be this tough you know, Nazi, but he's not, he's a little boy. And, uh, you know, Elsa even says that to him. She's like, you're not a Nazi. You're a little boy who wants to wear a funny costume and be a part of something. Um, so with that and Rosie in the book, the mother is not the same. The mother is still hiding Elsa. Um, the father is also in the book. He's not in the movie and the grandmother's there. Um, now with back to what you were saying also about him keeping her, I feel like in the book, it was out of selfish love. Mm -hmm. And as in the movie, it was more because he's younger in the movie In the book, he's older. It's out of being scared. He already lost his parents and now he's about to lose her and he'll have nobody. And that's why I think he hesitates and tells her Germany won the war, but it doesn't last long. It's like a day mm-hmm. or not even yeah it, he ends up telling coming back to that to um her door and her little crack in the wall or whatever and he tells her like her, her fiance's there wrote her this letter and they have basically something to show her and he brings her outside um a plan to sneak her out yes um going back so you mentioned about how jojo he has the name jojo and he's younger johannes than, um and we we see him as this sort of redeemable character in a way that we don't in the book. Not at all. He 
is this and from like the inside out in the in the book he becomes deformed um fighting uh in the war uh he loses his arm he and half of his face is paralyzed more, yeah he's he's more distorted in the in the book and uh, I don't know. I don't remember his age in the book. But well, in the book, in the book, he starts off about the same age as the movie, but the book it, it goes over like five or six years because yeah. okay. it's four years after the war. The second half of the book is like over four years, and and the the end of the, the second half is just I don't know. There were so many things that it's just it was a it was a great book. It, it like it was written very well, but it's like a whole chapter based uh, dedicated to the cat that they got. I was like, who fucking cares? Like, I was like, this better be something good. And I mean, like, yeah, the cat ends up dying. And like, that's, I guess, what sets her to want to be free. But I don't know. Like, I watched it last night with Adam, uh, my roommate. And um, he was upset with the ending because he's like, well, what happens? You know, like, what happens to them in the movie? And I'm like, well, that's what, I mean, a lot of great movies do. They just, they end on a happy note and you know, everything is going to be okay. You know, like not everything has to happen, Mm -hmm. uh, unfold. And uh, in the book, it's like, fuck, I wish that it would have ended that way because like then it does, it unfolds. But then at the end, she vanishes and then he just like says something and then that's it. Yeah. And he's still kind of sick at the end. Like he's still trying to to basically like write this in hopes that maybe she'll come back after he's you know treated her like a, a prisoner like an animal for all of these years out of what he he's calling love i think at least in the in the film we see that he's a child we see that he um i think it's it, it does a better job of portraying how his innocence is also robbed by uh nazi germany and by um this whole Hitler youth and, and they're like indoctrinating these kids and we kind of get that side of the story. And then we also get to see him as, as I said, like just a redeemable character. Like he's a child. He wants, he loves Elsa. Um, he, he's just been corrupted um, in a different way. And I, I think for me that that was really necessary to have that. And even with Captain K uh captain k knows um at one point they they come and raid his house after his mother uh is hung for um being uh part of the resistance part of the resistance thank you uh they come and they they raid his house and uh captain k comes in and basically pretends that you know elsa isn't Elsa and that she's uh, his she, sister she helps. that has passed away. Yeah, like he, he, he helps. Um, he no. helps, yeah, like that, that lie go off um, unhinged and essentially saves Elsa. And then at the end, um, when Nazi Germany is overtaken, he basically makes it look like Jojo isn't uh, uh, associated with the Nazis yep. so that Jojo doesn't get, you know, written off with Nazis. And we hear, like, as Jojo's running away, the gunshot, like, we know that Captain K died, you know, to, to save Jojo. So there's all of these these people that are not all bad that you see um, in the film that I think is... is well, really- he's also struggling with his own... Um, his own self, because... And it's not in the movie, but, I mean, he's he's a gay man. You know, like that other sergeant next to him, the guy from Game of Thrones, his name's uh, Alfie in the movie. That's his partner. I didn't get 
there's a lot of underlying tones like well i mean you don't notice that he's definitely because he's very flamboyant um but i could talk about the character development from sam rockwell for fucking days this that he's my favorite character in the film um because when you meet him he just like wants to be out there and he wants to die because he's living with something now when he, at the end of the film when he's wearing that big flamboyant um uniform that he designs there's a pink triangle on it now the jews used to put pink triangles on homosexuals so it's him and now he in that he is just fighting and he's in my opinion he's trying to kill he's killing anybody because he is a part of the nazis he's a part of germany he's fighting for germany not for the nazis you know, like he's fighting for the pride of the country, not against the Jews. Because even when Jojo keeps saying like, "Oh, about the Jews," he's like, Ugh, "You, it's enough with the Jew stuff." You know? He knows. Yeah. That Jojo is alluding to the fact that he knows a Jew, and he knows that that um, Rosie is yeah, part. Uh, yes. Part of the and so when that happens, when the Gestapo comes in, um, and he run, he's runs into the house. He's like out of breath. He's like, "Oh, you know, I got a flat tire." Puts the bike down. Noticeably, neither one of the tires are flat. He obvi- what? And this is before Jojo finds his mother. Jojo is there and he rushes there because Kay finds out that the mother has been killed and he needs to go and protect Jojo. And he goes there and when that happens, like Tiffany was saying, you know, the Elsa comes out and poses to be Jojo's dead sister and they give he gives her the papers, you know, a passport, if you will, and she messes up the birthday and Captain Kay goes, everything checks out. And... Now, after that scene happens, he walks in his room and imaginary Hitler comes out and he's like, start acting your age, you know? And like, it's weird because it's like acting your age as a 10 year old boy or acting as a 10 year old that needs to grow up fast. So that next scene he's walking through, he's buying groceries. But then in the moment that he decides to act like a 10 year old boy, he gets his eye caught by a butterfly, which he follows the butterfly. And when he looks up, he sees his mother's shoes. That's really and that's a, a great and, moment on screen. And the whole film, you see her dancing, you see her shoes. You see her shoes. So, like I said, I don't know how you didn't enjoy the film. Um, but so, Okay, so let's talk about that part. So, um, <laughs> was it my favorite movie? Um, and my, my problem with it, is the movie well done? Absolutely. Um, I struggle with making swastikas funny like I struggle with the imagery and I and I get like I also think it's the timing of um not necessarily the film because the film's 2019 but and written in 2011 but when I when I saw it I think like with the insurrection on the capitol and the fact that I mean living in like post thankfully Trump era it's like we have so many people like of course it's it's satirical because they're making fun of of uh, people that are like Hitler of course um we see that you know everyone like some people like Jojo are not all bad you know they've just been corrupted and and we're laughing at at, you know the ability of someone to be that ignorant or whatnot but it's just hard to laugh at it when there's so many people that are that way I feel like if if I had seen this in 2011 pre-Trump I would feel like this is kind of funny but like seeing it now it's like it's kind of I'm conflicted with this idea because it's like we as intellectuals get together and we like make 
satire and we like we can look at it and say like oh that's funny but it's like is our job but the movie's not a comedy it's still a satire but it's not a comedy it's not well satire isn't comedy but it's it is like making it's poking fun it's putting light on something that's incredibly dark i think if you watch the movie without that and you're not analyzing that part you'll understand why the movie is so great and he even says he feels like when he wrote the movie he felt like there's always a saying never forget world war ii like never forget the holocaust never like everyone needs to learn about this everyone needs to know that it's taken place and he felt as time has gone on the world has forgotten about it and they've moved on to the next thing and he wanted to remind everybody and yes he is a very sarcastic person you know if you see his other films but you know he pokes fun at them in their ridiculous ways like the how hitler scene when they all say it, they all say it to each other 31 times in 60 seconds. And he's like, well, I wanted there to be a little comic relief. And I also wanted to show how fucking stupid their uh, Protocol. protocols were. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I understand watching the film from that point of view. But just if you watch it without that, like to under like the, you know, uh, Captain K's character development, Jojo's character development. Um, it's, I mean, Yorkie. Yorkie. Oh, we forgot about Yorkie. Yorkie. It's a bad time to be a Nazi. You got to worry about the Russians. They fuck dogs. (laughs) They're going to come and eat us and fuck our dogs. That's bad, right? Yorkie, too, is one of his friends um, from Hitler Youth. He ends up being able to actually join, like, the military because he uh, doesn't get injured as Jojo does. Uh, And... He knows. Jojo tells him, like, oh, I got a Jew. Like, he tells yeah. him he's hiding. She's basically my girlfriend now. <laughs> oh, good for you, Jojo. You got a girlfriend. And at first, I, I'm like, maybe Yorkie isn't, like, paying attention, doesn't get it. But then at the end, he tells him, like, when, when the war is over, he's like, well, your girlfriend will be fine now. Like, yeah. he's, he's a very he's he's a very endearing character. Yes. I, I do feel... Um, it's paper-like. The... <laughs> I, I feel like Ortiz does a very good job of adding layers to the book the book i feel is very just okay well people were forced into this and here's another perspective like there's there's there were children that were um basically taught nonsense um their schooling was completely interrupted so that they could just be taught um basically to feel that they're superior to everyone else so that lack of education led to a certain ignorance that was almost unavoidable on their parts uh and that's that perspective uh but in the in the film watiti does a very good job of adding some deeper tones to that it isn't just about there being multiple perspectives it's about there there literally being other characters that are also fighting but in different ways um so like captain k you have him He's not necessarily a part of the resistance, but he is resisting in his own way. Um, I think he is secretly a part yeah. of it. Yeah, because... Uh, throughout the whole thing or just towards the end? No, I think throughout the whole thing, I think he's secretly in it because there's got to be a reason that he's not in... The, that he got put into that position. Because I was like reading something, someone pointed out like his awards. His awards were like this medals if you're in like 15 or more hand-to-hand combats one of them's like 
an award if you like took down a tank with a handheld weapon. So like he was in the war jumping in a tank and drawing a grenade inside of a tank and jumping off, you know, for it to explode. Like he did his fighting. And so there's got to be something like, oh, well, like we can't kill him because like we don't know for sure. But like, let's get him out of knowing the ins and outs. Because of the eye. Okay, yeah, yeah, And he's yeah, like, do you need two eyes to do this? And he starts, like, doing the yeah, shooting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Rebel Wilson is also great in the movie, and I don't really care for her in many roles, but she's great. Uh, when she, like, goes to give him the gun, she's like, <laughs> like he has a gun. Like, no, no, no. Like, I don't know. He's so over the top. Yeah. No, Juice can and can uh, read your mind. I They once did it to my uncle, and she, like, goes on this whole tangent, and she's like, yeah, like, so, he became an alcoholic, and then he started having sex with his niece, and then and then he died. But that was unrelated. <laughs> it was all, all because of like, the there's a lot of comic relief in it. Um, I mean, I like like I said, this that year, Parasite won for Best Picture. I feel if Parasite was not a film released in the time frame for the Oscars, I think this could have easily won Best Picture. Um, it's such a beautiful film, and I mean, when I watched this, and I've mentioned it to you, and I've maybe even mentioned this on the podcast, when I went and saw this movie, I saw it in the afternoon one day, and next to me was an older lady in like her 70s, and we sat right next to each other in an empty theater, and we laughed together, and we cried together, um, and after the film, we walked out and sat on a bench outside the movie theater, and we talked about it for like a half hour, Um it was about four o'clock. I think she had to get home to get eat dinner. Um, but I mean, it's still to this day, I wish more than anything, I would have just asked for her number because she just loved movies as oh, much as I did. Okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and you get some sort of fetish or something. <laughs> That's the other podcast. Um, no, no. And it was just, it was so great. Like, I just remember when I turned to her after the, when the credits were rolling, we both sat, we watched all the credits together and afterwards we stood up and I said, what did you think? And she said, it was brilliant. And honestly, the film is, I mean, to me, um, just, I mean, the way he films it, the way, uh, the, the colors, the pageantry, you know, like showing the, the shoes of the mother, um, you know, like throughout the whole thing and like the thing about the tying the shoes and then the finally, finally, the last scene, he ties her shoes and then he goes to open the door and she goes, is it dangerous? And he goes, extremely, which is what the mother used to say to him. And, and he puts those shoes on Elsa. So it's yes. the long shoes that we see. Um, being tied the, by Jojo because he can't tie the shoes the whole movie. Yes. And uh, even when he goes, when she's hanging to try to tie him, he, he breaks down and he doesn't get I, That's the one thing. I wish he would have tied the shoes there. But yeah. when you see him tie Elsa's shoes, I understand why they didn't film that. Mm-hmm. Um, and other thing about that, I was reading that uh, the director hates seeing people being hung. He hates it. Um, in films, he, he he doesn't like it because of what it represents. I mean, people were actually hung based on their race or their, you know, their gender and, you know, f- sexuality. And he hates that. Um, and so you see people hanging. You never see close-ups of faces. Um, it's always like from a distance and, but he says that to be, to see somebody that you love being hung is a personal thing. And 
he feels that we didn't have permission to see or go through what Jojo was going through. So he only shows the mother's shoes. And I mean, just right there, it's just like, it's so beautiful the way that he wrote this. And I mean, the mother does die by hanging in the book, but I don't think Jojo finds her. It's, it, I believe someone tells him. Yeah. It's related to him. Um, but that, that scene is really great. Yeah. That's probably, probably my Really, more than the beginning when he's like, "Help me, man!" <laughs> yes. If you read the, I've read the screenplay, and uh, and uh, in it, when that's happening, there's that one part where he goes, "How Hitler?" He goes, "Hitler? Who's Hitler?" And when you read the screenplay, that is not there. So, like, I, immediately, I just imagine the kid said it wrong, and he just went with it. He's like, "Who's Hitler?" Um, yeah, but oh. and and then like that ending scene when uh, I mean if you notice him dressed as Hitler, he's wearing like mustard yellow the whole time, and then when at the end he's wearing a gray after he's you know dead. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I so like throughout the whole movie, the imaginary Hitler is wearing a mustard suit, mm-hmm. uh, uniform, and then when he's dead, the suit is gray, you know, signifying that he's dead. And he's coming back, groveling to Jojo, like still believe in me, still believe in me, and he's like fuck you Hitler and he just kicks him and he fucking flies through the wall um I don't know I mean it's just uh like I understand where everyone or where you guys were coming from with not enjoying the film but it's it really is just a big fuck you to Hitler and I figure like you know some people really like needed that um I mean like I said Mel Brooks Mel Brooks says that the film is phenomenal and he is like the Jew of Hollywood and he wrote Springtime for Hitler, a satire about Hitler being in love with theater and, you know, like this big flamboyant character and like, I don't know. I mean, Like just like seeing swastikas is like always yeah. gonna be painful. Like, and, and I, I mean, I'm not Jewish, but you know, it's it's. But seriously, I mean, it is like. I, I did think about that, like being on a movie. Could you imagine, like being on a movie set for months and months, and you're walking around this fake town where it's like Nazi Germany? Yeah, yeah it'd be like, really I weird. Felt, like so relieved when the, when like the war is over and they're all like balled up and in the trucks and stuff. And you mean when the American flags are flying by with 50 stars <laughs> and it should be 48? <laughs> common world war ii movie mess up i went to uh, georgia for uh thanksgiving and like you drive through and you see like confederate flags and like all this like it's just uh i i don't know it's it's really difficult and like i said just be it's coming out of trump era it just feels like i feel like we should be aiming to to eradicate racism for sure and i think that satire is doing that in its own way but i just wonder if it's like as blatant enough um because only intellectuals are watching it so it's like people who already understand this is stupid are watching this and saying like ha, this is stupid um but i'm like should, like is there more that we should be doing as opposed to just like laughing at how stupid it is because we get it but then there's like 50 percent of the population that doesn't fucking get it so it's just hard to reckon with. Well, 94% of the people that watched this movie loved it. So It got really great reviews. Oh. Obviously, it 
won a ton of awards. But I, I don't know what the book, I, I didn't look up, uh, I don't even know if it was a bestseller. I mean, it's written really well. New York Times bestseller, no, bestselling author. I don't know if, she, if this one was a bestseller. It, it's written well. The fact that it's just too long. When half of the book is just him impersonating this girl. Yeah, it's that's tough it's, to read. Yeah. There's, but there's also times where it's like I'm conflicted. Do I hate Johannes or do I hate Elsa? You know, like is she because he's he tries to have that moment with her in the book where he tells her he's gonna tell her, and she's like, no, no, I already know. So, but I, I feel like but I think it's I think she's saying I know she thinks he's gonna tell her I'm in love with you, and that's when she says I'm in love with you, and then he's like, can't. I can't say it anymore. I can't tell her the truth because she'll leave me. Um, I feel like it would have been so much better. Um, and I read an interview where someone asked the author if this is what she was doing, and she was like, I alluded to it, but not necessarily. But like this idea that like it's in his head. I thought that through the second half so of the book. Oh my god. I'm so happy you said that. Because then it would have been great. Because like, the mom, the grandmother's like, oh, she's living in your head. And I was like, it got in my head. I was like, oh, is this how it's going to end? I'm like, that'll be a perfect ending if they're able to write it properly. Where, But then when they're at the, the flat and everyone walks in, they see her. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, they see her. And I was like, man. It would have it been so much. That would have made the book a lot better for me. Because it is well written. Yes. For sure. Like, you keep reading it. It reminded me of um, Lolita in the sense that it's a character who is completely fucked up, but you can't stop reading it. Yeah. Like, you do still, once you get into the book, you're in, you're in it. Like, and I know, I read half it. Half of the book is, is the same thing happening. Yeah, it's, it's slow, and it's like, yeah. You can't stop reading it because it, it's well written. And you do empathize. Doctor. PhD. Empathize. Yeah. <laughs> With, um, spell it. E M P A T H. Why am I doing this? I yeah. See, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. That's right. I'm gonna say no. Um, you do empathize a lot with Johannes, um, and I think that's the saving grace of the book is is that you you see him being um, him being preached this propaganda from the time he's a child, and he gets he grows up with this and. It's hard for him to overcome it, uh, but yeah, that, it it definitely should have ended about halfway through. Also, think there's this huge question, um, more so in the book about culpability. Um, like we see that Johannes has been educated to to think this way, um, so is he culpable, or is it just the the system that's culpable? If like that line is kind of blurred a little bit and we're able to see even like the inhumane people that are doing these things as more humane because we know that they have been raised up in the system and there's no there's no real escape for them either like we see what happens to his mother um and in the book his father as well we know he also has been um he's punished for being part of the resistance like he loses his factory and everything so it's like you cannot be part of the resistance but can you not be you can you know not be a part of this but not really like if you're part of the resistance you're also going to be killed yeah so like what well his father gets sent to a camp yeah like what choice do you really have yeah the father gets sent to a concentration camp and he gets killed because he organizes an escape some people got away they said oh you planned it and they killed him so 
I even even Elsa at one point. I, think I just wonder if the grandmother knew about the parents. About the yeah, about them hiding the girl. I don't think so. I wonder if it's because she was no, because the grand there's no way the grandmother was a Nazi. I don't think she was. She was a sweetheart. <laughs> Pimmy Chen. I also I also um they do this they talk this is more in the book as well but in the beginning I think it's so interesting how. Um, the parents are afraid of Johannes because they they are part of the resistance. Yes, they don't believe in in um, this this whole government. They are anti Hitler, anti all of this, but they know that Jojo, or in the book Johannes has he is his loyalty is to Hitler. Like Hitler has replaced his parents for him. Yes, and they know that if they if he knows, they feel like he's going to rat them out and they're going to be killed and this little girl is going to be killed like he is a child but they have this fear of him because they know what he represents and it's like they they choose to be a part of the resistance but that is ultimately them choosing to give up their own lives um but she the mother says that in the movie she's like if i'm if i'm cho if i have to choose between you and my son she says i don't know where i'm going to send she you does. She says, I don't know um um, and Elsa says at some point in the film, like, she doesn't know if she would have been able to, to do this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really powerful moment because it's like as much as, I mean, obviously. I love the relationship between the two of them in the movie. Oh, like, they, yeah, yeah, like they hate each other and then like they slowly just become best friends. Mm-hmm. And in the book, obviously, he falls in love with her, but he has those like moments with her where they've kissed and that doesn't happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even says like I know you love me as a little brother and then there's like that one last moment when he's just like he's able to accept it but he says to her she's like Johannes I do love you and he goes as a little brother and she's like yes and he's like okay you know and he wants to protect her as his big sister Um, you know and uh, there are little things also because you you learn more about the sister in the book than in the movie but I love the little uh easter egg type or you know references to her in the movie like you see the violin there and then like when the mother comes home he's like holding a violin bow to protect her um you know and like her ballet slippers another thing with the shoes and uh, i really loved that um yeah you know you don't know what happens to them at the end because but you i like to believe that they're friends and they stayed living together or near each other and helped each other out. Um, I think that that's set up well for that to be the ending. Yeah. Because the they're too far in age to fall in love. No. You know, like she's like 16, maybe 17. He's 10. Yeah. You know, if it was like a little closer in age, maybe. Maybe. But I think that they ended it with we are like we are each other's protectors now. I, she lost her whole family. Mm-hmm. He lost his whole family. Yeah. Like. They also in the film he, uh, she tells him that the her fiance, um, Nathan, ha- is di- has died and she knows that he's dead. Um, in the in the book, it's like it goes on where she doesn't really know what happened to him and he, he find Johannes finds out. Yeah, like it's not. Does he ever tell her? I don't think so. Yeah, he doesn't even tell her that her whole family's dead. No. He, he's a monster. In the in the book, he really is, and I, I don't know how it. It is a testament to the fact that it is good writing because you keep reading it, but it's really like I text Peter and I was like, "This is fucking sick." Yeah. <laughs> this is sick. Like I'm not looking forward to this film. I'm like, 
It's nothing like what you're reading. <laughs> I will say, Watiti does a very good job of of taking the half of the book that we know for sure he read, <laughs> just kind of making it um, something that's just really innovative and, and quite different from, I think, what was intended. Uh, yeah, there are uh, a few other things, like little things I, I wrote down while I was watching the movie last night that just uh, I wanted to talk about uh, when, uh, you know, I guess in Germany, or they, they, they call God Gut, and there's a moment with Rebel Wilson when he's traveling in the ambulance. She goes, O.M. Gut, which is, like, really funny to me because, like, that's obviously, like, a newer thing that kids say, you know, like, O.M.G. or O.M. God, you know, like, oh, it's just, it, it was just really funny writing for me. Um, I was also reading that his style of directing isn't as much directing as he says, like, if they're an actor and they know how to read and they can get the words out, really he just like lets them go and i feel like a lot of the stuff he does probably like allows some play on things like he allows the character to develop themselves as the character um you know i was reading uh sam rockwell like watched a bunch of old uh german war movies to create his accent and then like last minute before he started uh filming he just like threw it all out the window and just like did something different you know and I don't know, little things like that. I mean, Sam Rockwell also, he's one of my favorite, like, supporting actors in the history of movies. Um, This movie was the third year in a row that he was in a movie nominated for Best Picture, Um, which the one before that was Three Billboards Outside Ebon, Missouri, which he was nominated for supporting and won. Um, I think he should have at least been nominated for this role. I thought he did a really good job. Um, you, you know, he saves the day. He is the hero of the movie. Yes. You know, he is. He certainly is. And that moment that he has with JoJo at the end when he's like, I'm sorry about Rosie. She was a good person. Like a real good person. Like a real good person. And you see it in his eyes. He knew. He knew that she was a part of everything. And that's also like he almost killed Jojo. Well, he didn't almost kill him, but he was like almost the reason that Jojo was, you know, deformed. And, uh, yeah. He's, he's a great character. And the fact that he saves Jojo is probably... Yeah, get out of here, Jew boy. Yeah. He like spits at him and like, you see Jojo like, no, no, no. And like, Jojo's ready to fight for him yeah. as well. But, and then when they're pulling him away, he just looks at Jojo with a smile on his face like, you're safe. I know what I'm doing right now. And then you just hear the gunshots yeah. and they kill him. Um, and it's the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. His uniform is also pretty dope. I love when they show it to him. Uh, he's like, now, by the way, this is all copywritten. You know what that means? And then his partner's like, it means you can't copy it. <laughs> it's like, no one's going to steal this uniform, dude. Just your colored pencils. Yeah. Oh, she, that's, yeah. I forgot about that. He does steal the colored pencils for Elsa. Yeah. <sighs> you who Jew. With all the illustrations. Murder. Murder. <laughs> Who's Nathan? He's uh, with it. Yeah, it's uh. It is. He's so. I will get Tiffany to rewatch this movie one day, and then 
I will get it on recording, even if it's a 30-second episode that we have to release of her saying this movie is actually pretty fucking good. Because it's great. I mean, once you, like, because everything you mentioned, like, I get it. I get that. But we're sitting here talking about how, like, the development and the, the filming and the colors and the writing is so great. I don't know how. I wish you guys could see his face. Right uh, He's like having well, an orgasm. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm frustrated. <laughs> It's like I'm not having an orgasm. It's like I'm like reaching climax and then stop. It's like I'm getting blue balls. A lot of feelings. I'm just a little emotional right now. You know, I was attacked for enjoying this film by somebody. And you know what's crazy? I recommend this film to a lot of people. And I always have the same talk with them after it. And they say, you were right. I love this film. Da 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 And then I talk to Eric and her... Or, Tiffany and her husband. <laughs> I talked to her. And they... <laughs> Tiffany's husband attacked me. That's all I'm going to say. Did you tell him that YCP is Jewish? Yes. I, you have led with that. I did I did say that. He's like, oh, did anybody who liked this film, were they Jewish? I was like, well, the guy who wrote, directed it was yeah, Jewish. Okay. And, yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, Mel Brooks approved of it. So... Anyways. You can't win them all, you know. Okay. I mean, I so I will vote. The movie is better than the book, but the book is very. The first half of the book is great. I wish I would have stopped reading and just went on with my life. If I would have read the interview that he only read the first half, I would have just stopped at the first half, and we would have done an episode just on that, and nobody would have ever known. But instead, no, we read the whole thing. It took a very long time. The second half took me a long time. The f- Obviously, you guys know I have issues with certain parts of the movie, but I do think that the movie is better than the book because the second half of the book is really bad. bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. We shouldn't say bad. It's it's just too much. Very interesting. It just goes on for a very long time with no ending. Yeah, and I, I don't think yeah. Like it's like she gets away, she leaves the house, and it's like okay, that's like a little weight off your shoulders, but like. There's no, like, resolve. Like, it wasn't, like, a fight or, like, you know she found out. Like, and, like, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, she was being caged. Hence the name of the book. Um, I did like that at the end, though, when the with the reference of the bird and her looking out the window at the sky and she feels like she's being caged. And I I did like all that. Um, There was parts of the ending or the second half that I really loved. Like, I was telling you the the one page where it's just like beautifully written like he sees her get out of the bath and the fog of the mirror is there and he sees her blurred body and he outlines her and the it's just the hopeless romantic in me is just like wants just loves it but also then he's like well you know uh she doesn't look as she used to she's fat now in her fat legs i can't believe she's so fat yeah like it's like he like like it's like super rude and then like there's also times where she's like kind of rude to him and i'm like it's very volatile. It's 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 very very awkward. It's literally like he's he's in prison. This girl and he's like justifying it. Like I don't see the same growth, um, in the uh from JoJo in the film that you see in the film. In the film, JoJo is a little boy, and even though he stays little, you see him evolve in a fraction of the amount of time. In the book, it's like we're going past years. And there's no real evolution, even though um, the war is over. He still thinks that she deserves to be in prison. 
because that's how he's going to keep her and love her. Like it's it's, it's yeah, and it's it's scary. selfish. Yeah, it's very selfish. Like I said, in the movie, you see it's like not for me. It's not as selfish no. as he's a scared yeah. little boy, yeah. and it doesn't. And he's mature enough or mature as Andy Dwyer would say to end it right then and there Germany won the war a little bit of time goes by he writes he doesn't even write that letter he just like reads off a blank sheet of paper which is so adorable and he lets her out and then they dance to David Bowie and it's just and he's also an adorable kid yeah do you remember the clones in the Nazi youth the clones the little boy clones Oh, well, it's th- those are actually those actors. It's two of them and the CGI duplicates them. Those are his twin brothers in real life, oh, the actor. And the reason they used twins was to cut the cost on duplicating so many. Um, but yeah, he's an adorable little kid. The kid who plays Yorkie is supposed to be penned as the new Kevin McAllister in the reboot of Home Alone. So we are sure to see him in some more films. He's he's, he's so great. I love like, that how would you know it's a Jew? Well, they smell like Brussels sprouts. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Brussels sprouts bit. It's like things like that that you know you just you, what, the writing is just like really like it's not glorifying it. It's showing how no, it's fucking it's stupid so they were, and also how much of a monster they all are. But Tiffany already said that she says the the movie is better, so we'll end it on that. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Um, and, uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. She's drunk. Um, for Nomadland. Yes, for Women's History Month. And uh, we will also be releasing a mini episode on a new Netflix original film. Just yes or say yes, new movie coming out. Um, yes. Yeah, on March 12th. Yes, so that will uh, be in store for you all. Um, thanks again.